0: This is the black and blue report presented by ABC insurance agencies, a better choice for insurance now from studio B or wherever the saints or Pelicans might be. Here's Sean Kelly.
1: Hi again, everybody. Welcome into the black and blue report podcast. So glad to be with you here on this Friday, right in front of the big holiday weekend. And uh, we're glad to see the sunshine out here in New Orleans today, hoping that uh, most everyone along the Gulf South is getting good weather today in the hopes of aiding uh, continued recovery for so many people who are, who are hurting at this time. So that's first and foremost on our minds. We hope that you're getting ready to have a great weekend if you can, if you're possible, and, uh, and to enjoy all the football that's still to come. We'll touch on that in just a moment. But here in Studio B at the Osher Sports Performance Center, It's Daniel Sallerson and Sean Kelly saying hello. Hi, Daniel. Hello, Sean. How are you? I'm doing well. I'm glad the preseason is over. Last night, the Saints uh, took care of uh, their last preseason contest with the Baltimore Ravens. And while the Ravens won 14-13, I think they're getting through and allowing some players to make their case uh, proved to be um, a fruitful venture, and uh, I think that everybody's ready for the regular season. I don't think you're going to disagree a whole lot on that with me.
2: No, I think everyone is ready for the regular season. I know most people don't enjoy that fourth preseason game, but for, like you mentioned, for guys on the field, the fourth preseason game is probably some of the biggest games of their lives as far as trying to make these, this 53-man roster.
1: Yeah, and I think a lot of guys played like that last night, and then I think a lot of guys are you know, in that mode right now of waiting to see what's next with their career, and I know that folks down the hall are making those tough decisions as tomorrow at 3 p.m. Central, uh, all NFL teams, Saints included, have to have their roster down to 53 by, again, 3 o'clock tomorrow. So not an easy time for a lot of folks, uh, but an essential time, and I think the turning point uh, toward the regular season here, that's uh, something we've come to know full well. Although this year's roster cut down a little bit of a larger chunk at one time, obviously from going 90 to 53 as opposed to the two-cut system that – uh, went away after last season. So that's really on the minds of uh, most around here uh, on Airline Drive today. We're going to look back a little bit later here in our podcast at last night's game with not only John Stinchcomb, uh, who was on the television broadcast with myself, Joel Myers, and uh, John DeShazer, but we're going to hear from three guys who were hoping to make that big case last night. And uh, I think in some respects uh, they accomplished that. We're talking about al Muhammad, one of the Saints draft choices, a late-round ju- draft choice. Uh, Mitchell Laven, who's been in the program for some time and has been fighting uh, in a position group that uh, has a lot of tough choices to make up front defensively. And then Arthur Millette, the uh, young man from right here in our area that went to Bonneville High School, the cornerback uh, who made a big splash on special teams last night in a punt situation. We'll hear from all of them what they had to say after the game last night. So we've got that on our plate today, Daniel. And then we've got basketball news, too. And it's I wouldn't say it's great news. It's news. And uh, of some significance, as the team has not yet you know, officially said anything, there are a lot of reports out there today, and, and starting, I guess, back yesterday, Daniel, about Quincy Pondexter and Frank Jackson, too.
2: Yeah, the report for Quincy Pondexter as he was traded to the Chicago Bulls along with a second-round pick. Not sure what the Pelicans get in return, If I had to guess it was some sort of cash considerations. And then, of course, Frank Jackson, who had foot surgery, uh, earlier before the draft um, broke that foot and is out now potentially three to four months so it's tough with the injury to Solomon Hill uh, I guess the Pelicans really couldn't afford not knowing what the status of Quincy Pondexter was as far as this upcoming season and they need some bodies and uh, Quincy Pondexter was more of a clearing the cap kind of situation in order to sign someone else uh, overall it's tough because uh, we want to see Quincy back but uh, we wish him the best of luck in Chicago
1: yeah no doubt a great teammate I think by uh, all concerns uh, but the fact that he hadn't been on the floor or what in two years, Daniel, yep. and, and, and you know, tough decisions have to be made. And you're right, this stems back to the Solomon Hill situation. And now this need to kind of figure things out as, as to what you'll do to fulfill your needs, especially small forward. Um, we wish Quincy all the best. Uh, you know, obviously, again, nothing official yet, but as we uh, are learning that this is going to happen. The Frank Jackson thing is just remarkable in a sense as well. Daniel, I can't. I can't now remember an offseason for the New Orleans Pelicans that they have not headed toward training camp with an injury situation and, in most cases, multiple injury situations. So you take Solomon Hill and now Frank Jackson, a guy that you traded up or traded into the second round to go get because you thought that he was a great pick at at that spot in the draft. Uh, To have this this foot injury reoccur and have surgery again on the same foot, the three to four months, I mean, that just – that seems daunting at this moment, and while, while it is three to four months, and and basically there's hope that he would be back, I guess in that timetable before Christmas time, uh, it's just it's, it's psychologically I think it does something to this team and their fans, don't you?
2: Yeah, everyone calls it snake bitten. It feels like this team is uh, with all these injuries, and like you mentioned a, a few days ago, we were seemed like the Pelicans were in the clear as far as being healthy heading into the off seat or heading into training camp, and then you had the. Um, Solomon Hill news and then the Frank Jackson news I don't know how much Frank would have played but still having a full training camp with these guys and uh, just having the body there in case the Pelicans had the injuries was something that we wanted to see out of Frank Um, so he'll definitely be missed but hopefully after uh, what is reported to be three to four months he can come back and uh, hopefully the foot will heal and he won't have these uh, problems anymore
1: yeah I you know it's funny we're gonna have Mitchell Laven on uh, later today and I'm not so sure these are the same injuries but Mitchell Laven's a guy that the Saints were patient with having had one foot surgery and then having another surgery to kind of ultimately fix the problem Uh, that, you know, that kept him out for some time. But uh, it's, I think that the investment in Mitchell Laven might just pay off for the Saints and being patient and waiting for that foot to be just right after the uh, preseason camp that he's had and, and what he might bring to the Saints roster. Um, One can only hope that this. For Frank Jackson, will uh, again pelicans news today that we didn't want to talk about but uh until it becomes official i guess it's not official but at the same time daniel i thought we had to at least bring it up
2: oh yeah no doubt about it and you think about it going back real quick to the solomon hill injury right now you only have one small forward on the roster technically that is healthy and that's darius miller who you just brought back after a few years in europe so um i don't think the pelicans are done as far as formulating this roster they now with Pondexter being traded that opens up another roster spot so I believe there's now 13 roster spots for the Pelicans which means two are available so as much as you think on September 1st that most teams rosters are already complete uh, the Pelicans still have to uh, to find some bodies
1: yeah no doubt hey one last thing let me ask you this because I was so entrenched with football yesterday I did have a couple of fans at the Mercedes-Benz Superdome ask me about the Omer Asik stretch situation Uh, Were there any reports about the Pelicans doing anything on that side, or is that now uh, come and gone, if you will?
2: Yeah, the deadline was last night, and it has come and gone. From what I've heard, that Omar Asik will remain uh, with the team. They did not use the stretch provision on him.
1: Okay, all right. Just wanted to clear that up. I know that you were probably a little more able to be plugged in on that than I was yesterday, so uh, appreciate that. All right, Daniel, let's take our first break, and let's get to John Stinchcomb, who will join us uh, for this fourth and final time this preseason to wrap up last night's ball game against the Baltimore Ravens uh, we'll check in with uh, Stinch stench in a moment and uh, and still to come some of the guys from the locker room following the action last night stay with us
3: if you don't want to miss out on any of the action get connected with your New Orleans Pelicans 24 7 365 like us on Facebook follow us on Twitter for exclusive prizes and giveaways Plus, text with all the latest breaking news right on your phone with Pelicans mobile alerts. Visit Pelicans.com for information on these great features. Plus, sign up for Pelicans Insider with weekly updates from the Pelicans. Join the conversation today. We're talking Saints football on the Black and Blue Report.
1: Welcome back to the Black and Blue Report. Our postgame coverage of Saints and Ravens continues on this Friday, and uh, John Stinchcomb and I walk back in time to the broadcast booth on Thursday night before he leaves town and gets ready to watch this regular season, as he does every year uh, from a little bit of ways, uh, intimately involved with this preseason, and it came to a close, unfortunately, with the loss of the Ravens. But sometimes it's hard to take away some things from the fourth and final preseason game. But I think last night at the Mercedes-Benz Superdome, there were a couple of things that you can take away and add on to, I think, what has been a pretty nice body of work.
4: Well, they kept building. I I think the defensive momentum carried on into game four of what they started three and a half weeks ago with game one in their preseason of affecting the quarterback and playing uh, smart, consistent football. And that's been the storyline this entire preseason. You're excited about the new pieces that are added on offense, but we haven't seen much of that. We don't know exactly exactly what this offense is going to look like with Ted Ginn Jr. and Adrian Peterson and Alvin Kamara, and you have them all uh, in the same game, platooning in. We don't know what that looks like yet. But what we do see is is this defense and their playmaking ability.
1: That's continued. Did anybody defensively uh, last night against the Ravens,
4: um, I guess, further their cause to join the group? Well, I think on Andrew Millett made, made a case for himself, and then Adam Big Hill. I mean, two defensive guys that... Uh, there's a lot of things to like about them. And what you want to do as a player is you want to make it a difficult decision. If you're on the bubble, you want to make it hard on them to to cut you. And both those guys made enough plays and, and played with the kind of intensity that it makes it hard for management to say, we can do without this guy. It was an important night for two
1: Saints offensive linemen. Ryan Ramchek, who will start at left tackle for the Saints, needed reps, so he played. And then Max Unger finally saw his first preseason action coming back from foot surgery. What you, do you see in those guys?
4: Well, with Unger, it's, he's as consistent as they come. I mean, it, he just needed a few reps to, to knock off some rust, and he's going to be good to go. Uh, with Ramchick, talented guy, moves really well for a rookie I mean, he's in good position. He's going to have growing pains. Without a doubt, they're going to have to help him at times and understand that there's going to be some hiccups along the way. But you have to like uh, what, what he presents and projects for this team. So um, a lot of promise there. Hadn't had, hadn't had a lot of work. I mean, just in general, coming out of college, the time he spent in college and then this preseason, it's, it's less than a game of NFL preseason reps that he's taken, and you've seen some hiccups along the way there. That will continue. He's going to grow. He's going to be a, a, most likely a great player one day. But during this process, you don't just come into this league and jump in and, and become a, a pro bowler each year. So as long as that's understood, um, you got to like what, what, what he's been able to do so far.
1: Chase Daniels started the game, eventually led to your scoring drive at the end of the first half, and then it was Garrett Grayson and Ryan Nassif, not in that order, to kind of finish things out. It's a tough question, John, but I have to ask, do do you think the Saints carry three quarterbacks come the end of the weekend?
4: Uh, I don't. I think there's too many other position groups where uh, they've produced, and you're deeper, and you might take an extra cornerback or keep an extra linebacker, and... Judged on the play that I've seen uh, of this preseason, I don't think Grayson or Nassib has staked a claim, a strong enough claim, on justifying a third quarterback over a linebacker or a a cornerback that might be able to add value when it comes to special teams.
1: John, overall, it was sloppy at times against the Ravens. Do you kind of just throw that out at this point? Does it really matter in the fourth preseason game?
4: Well, it's more about individual performance. I mean, you're trying to evaluate uh, Mitch Laven and, and Adam Big Hill and al Qadin Muhammad and trying to figure out, are, are those guys ready to play? And I think you saw a lot of flashes uh, from individual play, and that's important. Now, overall, you're six weeks into camp. You're nine days away from kicking off the season. Uh, you want to build momentum. Everybody should – from top to bottom of the roster all all 90 should know what you do and how you do it. Um, So it's important that you execute, but really it's more about individual
1: performance. I think you and I have talked plenty about an improved or apparently improved defense for the New Orleans Saints. Good news there. Um, Any lingering questions that you have looking back now on the four preseason games going into the regular season?
4: Well, I I, want to temper expectations a little bit. The defense is much improved. I don't think that's in question. I think the linebacking core is much improved, and they're playing smart football, and they're getting folks lined up, which is half the battle that was plaguing the defense from from years past. Uh, With that said, it's regular season and preseason are two different animals. And, uh, you know, the amount of pressure, the amount of sacks, the amount of pass breakups – uh, my my gut says you're not going to see anywhere close to the level that we've seen this preseason. It's going to be much improved. They're going to battle, and I like that. I like the spirit of this defense. I like the way uh, they play hard, they play smart, um, and they get after it from a number of different ways. But uh, when regular season rolls around, I think things ramp up a little bit and – It's not going to be quite as dominant. Again, much improved. It's going to really help this entire team that they're competitive now. And for a while, I I can't say that's been the case. So very much of an upgrade this season.
1: I've enjoyed watching them, and I've certainly enjoyed another uh, set of telecasts with you, Joel Myers and J.D. and, And as always, you're very gracious after the game to share your thoughts. Thank you, and enjoy the regular season.
4: Can't wait. Looking forward to it. Thanks.
0: Want each show delivered right to your iPhone or iPad? Subscribe to the podcast on iTunes by searching Black and Blue Report.
1: Last night in the locker room of the Mercedes-Benz Superdome, we had a chance uh, to catch up with a couple of the Saints players who were hoping to make a big impression in the fourth and final preseason game. And it wasn't just the three guys you're about to hear from, it was a long list of folks who played in the game last night for whether it be a special team spot or the last spot in their position group. Uh, I think there were a number of hard questions going into the ball game about the numbers at defensive line. Uh, obviously, the defensive back situation, um, maybe not as uh, tough of a decision as it was up front, but then certainly uh, we've got uh, guys trying to show offensively or uh, in a way that uh, increases their playing time. And certainly for some guys, as we talked about with John Stinchcomb, uh, some guys that just flat out needed to get reps before we turn our attention to the regular season next week. Nonetheless, I thought there were some good splash plays, one in particular on special teams. That's something that head coach Sean Payton was looking for, and he got it out of Arthur Millette, who uh, timed out a punt coverage play just perfectly and uh, popped the ball loose, causing a fumble and a turnover that resulted in a short field situation uh, benefiting the Saints' offense. So that was a big-time splash play. You'll hear from him in just a moment. Also last night, a near-block punt from Mitchell Lavin, who also saw plenty of time up front at defensive tackle. And Al-Qadim who led the NFL in the preseason with sacks, also had some good pressure on the quarterback last night in the snaps that he was allowed. So with that being said, I want you to hear from all three of these folks, uh, Al-Qadim Mitchell Lavin, and Arthur Millett, and what they had to say about not only last night's play and how they perhaps uh, view themselves uh, at the end of the ball game, But now what the next 48 hours was to be like for them, we're now down almost 24 hours until the big deadline, uh, the roster cut-down deadline at 3 Central tomorrow afternoon. So in order here, Alki Muhammad, then Mitchell Laven, and Arthur Millett following last night's Saints ball game against the Ravens. Well, Mr. Muhammad, first, first question maybe is awfully obvious,
0: but are, are you glad the preseason is finally over? Um, yeah, I'm happy the preseason is over because I'm ready to get on. You know to uh you know the regular season and i'm ready to play you know some playing some big some bigger games you know and uh you know the regular season things get a little bit harder things it's just you know the atmosphere is different and and, and i'm ready for that atmosphere
1: is there any sense of satisfaction with what you put together in your first nfl training camp i'm
0: i'm, I'm satisfied mm-hmm. i'm satisfied um like i said it is a lot of a lot of work you know um that need to be done, and there's a lot of areas that I could get better in
1: you got to the quarterback, I think that's probably what job number one in, as far as your
0: job description goes uh yeah, 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 but uh I need to improve on special teams you know um i'm I'm gonna play a lot on special team, I'm a rookie, i'm a young guy, so I'm gonna get a lot of snaps on there and, and if if i could uh, improve on that, you know my role will increase. So.
1: Yeah. Did you find it harder to become um, an NFL pass rusher or an NFL special teams player?
4: <laughs>
1: the learning curve was steeper on which side?
0: Mm, a, a, a little on both, mm-hmm. a little on both, but uh, special teams on this level is different and, and, it's, and, and it's a big deal and it should be a big deal, you know, on, on any level, but, you know, on this level, you know, this could be to make a break for you, you know what I'm saying? So it's huge. It's huge. And uh, if you could dominate and uh, dominate that area of the game, you know, it actually, you know, give you a chance to uh, get, you know, opportunity to play in in other areas. So
1: what does it say about your draft class that all seven of you had a significant impact on the preseason and all seven of you may be playing significant roles here in your rookie year?
0: Mm. It's, it's, it's great you know it's a great it's a good feeling and stuff like that but uh it's still a lot to improve and you know it's, it's still there's it's still room for improvement and room to get better but uh it's a good feeling you know it's a good feeling and, 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 and it brings it's just it gives you a little light give you a little light you know but uh that tunnel was long, and you got a long way to go. You know what I'm saying? So it's just a little—it's just a little light, you know. So,
1: give me an idea of what you think this next week might be like for you, leading up to Monday Night Football in Minneapolis.
0: Um, you know, I don't—I don't know—I don't know—I uh, don't, know, uh, don't know what my roles are going to be, you know, in that game. But whatever it is, I'm gonna do 100 miles per hour, and I'm gonna do it to the best of my ability to help the team and uh, coach won't give me nothing I can't handle. So, whatever it is, I'm, I'm gonna do it to the best of my ability.
1: I enjoyed the visit and watching you. Good luck. All right, thank you. Mitchell was an important night for a lot of guys in your position. How did you think it went in your case?
3: Um, it was ups and downs. Made some good plays, had some very bad plays that I'm disappointed about, but. We'll see how it looks on film tomorrow.
1: Special teams is one thing that you've been talked about quite a bit in. Did you make enough of a mark to maybe make that your route to the 53-man roster?
3: Yeah, I think so. I mean, just being my size, I mean, 290 pounds, you don't see many guys running around like that on special teams. And even some of the guys last week, the Texans, were saying that. So, I don't know, I feel like I've made my presence felt on that, but there's definitely way more to be done.
4: What's the secret to the, the almost blocked punts? <laughs>
3: I don't know. I don't know what the secret is. I, I shoot. I, I wish I could find out what the secret is to the block puns, because that's that's what I need to do. This defensive line rotation, pretty deep. Um, yes. What do you feel like you fit in there? Uh, I fit in. I feel most comfortable on third down, getting out there, getting after the quarterback, just going out there and making plays.
1: Mitchell, what what does what happens next for you as far as? Just your, your mindset and, and these next 48 hours.
3: Next 48 hours, I mean, I did my best, put everything else on film, and now it's in God's hands and the coach's hands. i got to evaluate the film, and hopefully I did a good enough job to make the team. If not, we'll see what happens.
1: How do you plan to spend these next 48 hours? I mean, some people don't like to think about it. Some people like to do things to keep their mind. So what, what do you think you're going to be doing? I'm going to be at
3: home,
5: resting, hanging out
3: with my wife and son
5: hope so. I hope so. I mean, I'll just wait and see what the coaching staff thinks about me.
3: How frustrating was it that you had to miss
2: the time?
5: Uh, it was very frustrating. You know, I wanted to uh, play for my team and for my city. So, I mean, it was frustrating, but you know, I had to get back out there and make a play. What's the experience uh, been like kind of as a whole, you know,
2: even regardless of what happened in the future, just having this training camp a preseason with your hometown team?
5: Man, it's a blessing. Uh, you know, I'm sorry, I wouldn't ask for anything more. Uh, the coaching staff and my teammates, you know, they've they've been, you know, in my ears and uh, that, you know, I'm hardworking. I just keep doing what I'm doing and I'll make a play and i did that tonight so i'm very thankful for the opportunity that i had here
4: but when you got banged up for a little bit tonight how, how badly did you want to make sure you got back in that second yeah. <laughs> uh, get
5: back out there and uh that's what i did after you said you were willing to play every special team what exactly did you see on that play where you called that? oh man um i just uh speed released outside like my uh, special team coach told me to do and stack them and uh he didn't wait for a fair catch and catch, and I just went for the ball, and that was it. Did you ever forced a fumble like that? Uh, no, that was my, actually my first time. Uh, hopefully, I get plenty more.
1: All right, so there you have it, and uh, thanks to all those guys for sharing their thoughts last night uh, with not only myself and John DeShazer, but the other assembled media uh, following the ball game inside the locker room. There's more on NewOrleansSaints.com uh, locker room video that uh, John DeShazer was able to gather for us last night. You can check that out all throughout the rest of today, and then the Saints will be quiet pretty much after the release of the 53-man roster until they start preparing for their week one opponent, the Minnesota Vikings. Hey, before we go, we've just gotten news, obviously, in the last 24 hours regarding Pelicans tickets. Individual game ticket sales open up on September the 7th, right around the corner. Up until now, uh, only um, were you able to purchase either full or half-season tickets for those 12-game mini-pens. So now, as uh, many have been anticipating, we have a date for the individual uh, game ticket sales. That's going to be on September the 7th. There is a way to get a jump on that, and you're going to obviously want to do that with some of the very attractive dates coming up at the Smoothie King Center. And we've talked about it a little bit already on this podcast, but I want to remind you again today, don't forget, you can sign up to be a Pelicans Insider at pelicans.com. When you do so, you'll get access then as a Pelicans Insider to the early pre-sale opportunity to those individual game tickets. So beat the rush, and not only that, gain all the benefits of being a Pelicans insider. Don't delay. Go to pelicans.com, sign up to be a Pelicans insider, and at this point, go ahead and start selecting those games you want to make sure you're in that number for this upcoming season. Daniel, uh, it's a good week for us, a busy one at that, and a good football weekend continues tomorrow night. We've got Tulane at home opening their schedule. LSU opens their schedule against BYU at the Mercedes-Benz Superdome. Tonight across the state of Louisiana, it's high school football opening up their season. If you're a football fan, it's a great time of year, isn't it?
2: Yeah, and lots of college football games uh, this weekend as well. Florida State and Alabama, the big one tomorrow night. Of course, you mentioned LSU, BYU, Michigan, Florida, a lot of good top 25 matchups to start off the the young college football season
1: and where are the georgia southern uh, screaming eagles there big boy
2: they're at auburn big first chance (laughs) at auburn number 12 so it's not gonna be uh not gonna be an easy one that's for sure
1: all right best best of luck to your alma mater daniel have a great holiday weekend um and uh, we'll remind folks that we'll be back on wednesday next week no show on labor day so wednesday for our next podcast we'll be into uh game week mode there with the New Orleans Saints on Wednesday and uh, and hopefully we'll have something better to talk about as the Pelicans start to uh, descend upon the Osher Sports Performance Center in uh, pre-training camp work so uh, all the best to you and yours this weekend Daniel I can't wait till next
2: week same to you same here my friend alright thank you
1: thank you again to John Stinchcombe, Alquidine Muhammad Arthur Millett and Mitchell Laven all for being on our show today that'll do it for us here from the Osher Sports Performance Center in Studio B I'm Sean Kelly. This has been the Black and Blue Report. Happy Labor Day weekend, everybody.